Well, hey guys, so I'm going to do my best to get this out before too late, but no promises. Um, I know things are kind of wild and crazy right now, and I just wanted to get something out there to get y'all thinking about what is possible right now, because I, I know I've been occupied with what's not possible anymore, and I thought that maybe, as part of the Angelo State Chi Alpha family, we could get together and and I could share some thoughts that I think the Lord has given me and help us just see the opportunity that we have before us. So, um, yeah, this is going to be really short, really quick, and just something that you can listen to, get your mind on the Lord, and that's always a good thing in these times. So, I know it's no big secret with some of y'all, um, and for those of you that don't know this, it probably won't surprise you at all, but I am a huge Tolkien fan. J.R.R. Tolkien, the writer of uh, Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Silmarillion, and uh, some other books. Really creator of Middle-earth. I love his books. In fact, I read Lord of the Rings about once every two years, and I'm due to read it. Last time I read it was 2018, so I need to start reading those again before the year's out. And uh, I, I absolutely love his work. But he, he has this one thing that he talked about in interviews and he wrote about a little bit. There's this concept he loved that he called um, the U-catastrophe. So let me explain that. So the catastrophe is when something is like going well, but then then like turns on a dime and becomes just a terrible thing. You know, like um, I remember when I was a kid, there was uh, a oil tanker called the Exxon Valdez. And you can look this up and it it was like, going up near, I want to say Alaska. And then it, it like hit some rocks and leaked tons of oil into the Gulf of Alaska. And, uh, I remember that was a catastrophe, right. And, in, in uh, more modern times, deep horizon, um, in the Texas Gulf and the Gulf of Mexico was, you know, a, a catastrophe. Some people are throwing around the word catastrophe with the coronavirus, right? Well, Tolkien thought, Hey, but what about the times that things are so bleak and then they turn on a dime and become good? So he worked this idea. It's kind of a reoccurring theme in his uh, in his works. So one of them, the first one I think of is always the writers of Rohan. And, and forgive me if you haven't seen the movies. You need to just watch the movies now. Like you have the time to do it. So, so just watch the movies, right? And extended editions are the only ones that you can watch, you know? Anyway, so um, the writers of Rohan show up at the Battle of Pelennor Fields right at the, like it looks like the kingdom of men, the, the kingdom of Gondor is about to collapse. And, and then right at the last second, there's horns. And, and, then, and then over the horizon comes the army of Rohan. And that was a moment of you catastrophe. Things were so bleak, but then on a dime, they turned and became good. Another time that this theme appears is right at the very end. Um, and spoilers, if you haven't seen it. Look, the movie's been out for like 20 years. I don't know what to tell you. The books have been out for like 60, 70 years. So, sorry. But I'm not sorry. Right at the end, um, they're standing over the crack of doom. And, and Frodo has only to drop the ring into the, like, the fiery pits of Mount Doom. And at the last second, he turns around, and it's catastrophe, and he says, the ring is mine, and he, he won't do it. But then, out of nowhere, Gollum comes, and Frodo and Gollum fight over the ring, 
And then Gollum falls with the ring in his hands down into the fiery pits of Mountain Doom. You catastrophe. It's this amazing moment where it looks like everything's over. It We're finished. Frodo has turned. He's, he's become bad. The ring finally got to him. But then... When things look so bleak, they turn on a dime and become good. And, it, and it's amazing that in the story, it's the selfishness of two people fighting over the ring that actually saves Middle-earth. It's pretty crazy that even something like selfishness can be used for good. So, this is a theme that, that Tolkien, he didn't think of it on his own. This is something we see in the Bible over and over and over in Isaiah's chapter 8 and 9, right? Uh, chapters 8 and, and most of 9 describe this horrible situation. The nation of Israel, Isaiah is prophesying to them, and the whole nation just turned their back on God. They're all backslidden and crazy and worshiping other gods and, and being terrible. And yet, in the middle of this just catastrophe, we get that famous, famous prophecy about Jesus in chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. See, God is taking a situation that's terrible, something that looks bleak and hopeless, and he's bringing hope out of it. It's a catastrophe. Another concept of the eucatastrophe that we that we can see is the cross itself. The cross looks like the moment that everything is wrong. The one person that didn't deserve to die died. If ever in history there was someone that was innocent and didn't deserve what he got, it was Jesus and then he dies. And then he's buried and you can't get more bleak than that. Then burying someone and rolling that stone in front of the tomb, it's sealed, it's done. But then, in a moment, on the third day, everything turns around. And God uses something that is so terrible to bring about a lot of good. See, this is what God does. And this is what God wants us to do. In Romans 8, Paul writes and he says, We know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And then in James chapter 1, James writes, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Any of you who lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. See, we are in this situation that looks pretty bleak. We can't do ministry the way that we want to. We can't do ministry the way that we're used to. Community is a huge part of how we do things, and being in proximity is so important and so vital to community but here, it looks like we're being dealt a hand that is just terrible. So what do we do? Well, we can look back at the Bible, and we can look back at truth and reality, and we can see that things probably aren't as bleak as they feel. We just have to look for the catastrophe. Where's that moment where something that looks terrible can turn on a dime 
and become good. So, what we can say is that God can bring great things out of this situation. First, from Romans 8, we see that that God can make your character more Christ-like. He's going to work all these things for your good, and your best good is to look more like Jesus. So he's going to do that. This moment, right, if we, if we work according to his purpose, if we, if we answer his call according to his purpose, and, and put his kingdom first, this, this very moment will be worked for the benefit of our character. We will come out the other side more Christ-like. Secondly, we know that if we persevere through this, and we, we ask God for help along the way, he's going to answer. We're going to need wisdom in, in what to do and how to approach this. What, what steps do we take? I know some of you are like, my small group, you know, we're scattered all over. My small group leaders back home, they're not coming back for the semester. I'm stuck in a dorm room. Some of you are facing these situations. So what do you do? Well, according to James, you pray and ask for wisdom and God will grant it to you. And I know it's true. Because there's times where I actually have a little bit of wisdom on something. And I know that's not me because I've been me for a long time and I know that I'm not wise. So we know that our character can be improved at this moment. And we know that his kingdom can grow in this moment. But not just in width by adding numbers, but also in depth. We can go deeper as well. So here, here is the opportunity we have before us. Some of us are still in dorm rooms. And there's other people around us that are stuck in those dorm rooms too. And they're going to feel lonely and anxious and isolated. And if you, if you pray for wisdom and opportunity, I know that the Lord will give you a moment where you can reach out and befriend them. I know that Jesus will help you reach the people around you. Because that's what he does. He's going to bring good out of this. Even if they say no, it'll be good for your heart to be stretched, just to try, to think of someone beside yourself is such a good thing for you. For small group leaders, it's going to take more intentionality to function. You're going to have to figure out Google Chat, uh, which I don't think is a thing anymore, uh, FaceTime, maybe Messenger groups or or, or a Skype group or, or something like that, where it will take a little bit of forethought in scheduling for us to make these these relationships function. It's going to put more responsibility on you. Look, we can't meet in groups larger than 10, but that's perfect because that's about the size of a small group. You know, some of our biggest small groups are that. But all of our small groups can can fit within that number. So we're already we're already below the line. The main thing that we're trying to do is meet in small groups. So if, if your small group's still in town, nothing really changes. But, but if, if, like we've been hearing, most of y'all aren't coming back, then to maintain the small group relationship, to keep discipleship going and happening, it's going to take intentionality. That means that small group leaders and small group members must make an effort for community to happen. It won't happen on accident anymore. This, the rest of the semester, we're not going to be able to walk across campus, run into our friends, and have an amazing conversation about Jesus. It's just not going to happen. So we have to be a little bit more intentional. And I'll let the Lord give you wisdom 
on how to make that happen. But we have so many options at our disposal to make these things happen. Secondly, this is a great opportunity for us to learn how to develop our own quiet times with Jesus because we no longer feed off of one another like we used to. A lot of those spontaneous meetups where, hey, I was reading this, or hey, I was thinking about this, or hey, I have a question, what do you think about this? These things that help our thought life, they're not going to be there as presently as we would like. So now, now is a great opportunity for us to learn what it's like to be alone with Jesus in some of these moments. It's going to be a great time for us to learn what it means to be still and to be quiet before the Lord. Some of us, if we want to, if we seek wisdom, will come out the other side of this with a really good idea of what God's voice actually sounds like, because we will have taken the time to be quiet and listen, because no longer do we have the hustle and bustle of social clubs and hangout times. It's been taken away. But what we still do have is our Heavenly Father, and He's waiting patiently for you. So that's, that's all I have for you, is I want to encourage you that it's not the end of the world. It's just a, a minor shift. The things that, that it's going to require of us is more responsibility, more intentionality. And that's never a bad thing. We'll have to be a little bit more intentional with what we do with our time and how we approach others and, and how we keep the relationships that we have going. So... Yeah, I hope that encourages you because I know I'm encouraged. The Lord's been speaking to me about this, and and I think we can really turn this into something beautiful so that when we come back together, it'll be a powerful moment when all of us have made intentional choices to reach out and care for one another and keep the relationships alive and growing and thriving And then imagine what it's going to be like when we've all taken the time to hear the Lord's voice. We've all made the choices to value one another and and to seek that relationship with each other. And then we all get to be back together face to face. Man, that's going to be great. And if we do it right, there'll be some new people with us. So eyes and ears open, ask the Lord for wisdom and seek his purpose, seek his kingdom first. And all of these things are going to work out just fine. So that's it. Um, Fill your time with reading the Bible and watching Lord of the Rings. Um, Yeah, so we'll keep you posted on whatever we're going to do next. We're still kind of winging it. So, yeah, we love you guys. We're praying for you.